0: Welcome to the Stories for Nerds Podcast. And now, with another epic episode, here are your hosts for SFN.
1: Well, what's up, everyone? And welcome to episode 8.2 of the Stories for Nerds podcast, a show featuring a group of sci fi and fantasy authors who not only love to discuss the latest in TV, film, video games, books, anime, and all other forms of entertainment, but also read and collaborate stories as well. And once again, I had the pleasure of being here with Abby Goldsmith. Hello. Hello. And Scott Parkin. Good night. G'day, mate. Now, so folks, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome. And you will be venturing with our first Story by Nerd segment of the year. But before we do that, we always like to get some updates on the uh, authors on the panel and their personal projects. And Abby, well, you weren't here last time because you've been quite the busy little beaver
0: haven't you yeah, social <laughs> marketing genius
2: <laughs> i wish i was a marketing genius yeah no um no i'm a crazy person that was posting three chapters per day on royal road wow. while editing them and answering comments and also still posting twice a week on wattpad and patreon and managing oh. my patreon and um I don't know managing all kinds of other things, trying to
0: <laughs> and a full time day job too. Yes, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah,
2: that day job, man. <laughs> day job a lot of ways. That's
0: how I pay the bills. What I do for the
2: <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's been a crazy ride. Like the, the whole thing with Royal Road, which is I really like it. I think it's an awesome website. I'll recommend it if you like lit RPG, which is like game literature, game influenced sci fi, basically and fantasy they also do have some sci-fi and other kind of stories and it's if it's not game lit it's harder to take off on royal road it's it's basically you're not really appealing to their core audience
0: so, so yeah. as somebody who doesn't really write game lit do you do you are you kind of the special snowflake in the uh in the <laughs> blizzard there because you're different from everyone else or, mm-hmm. or how's that work
2: I think that did work in my favor. Like it doesn't always because you want to appeal to the people that do like gamelit.
0: Right. 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 I mean, that's the core audience. Right. So.
2: Right. And here's the thing. It's like, well, I really think that there's a few things people really like about gamelit, which is like, it's heroic. It's like, like there's a hero that's like kicking ass and they're defeating bad guys (laughs) and they're progressing. Like they're leveling up. So, you know, instead of somebody that's like beaten down by life or whatever, an alcoholic like in a Stephen King novel or whatever, they're um you know, they're they're like a young person that's like beating up the bad guys and getting stronger. <laughs> so, so I think that that's appealing and of course my series has that.
0: Ooh. So, so it's not so much try fail cycles as try succeed, try succeed, try succeed.
2: Yeah, you can have a few fail cycles in there, but but um, they expect progression of some sort.
0: <laughs> Apparently, my geezerish soul is is rebelling against the whole concept.
2: Of- <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing; is it's so funny. Like I grew up on um Stephen King and George R. R. Martin yeah. and Robert Jordan, and these people have not. This is a new generation. Mm. And um, yes, yeah, so the things that I like, in, I internalized that like, well, when you have a hero, they should undergo a horrible slog of, of horribleness for the first book or so you know like like they shouldn't just be winning they should be like being beaten up mercilessly by life and the bad guys like <laughs> and then they can start winning
0: mm-hmm.
2: so so, so write like that
0: down horrible slog of horribleness
2: <laughs> <laughs> well listen you know how it is like if you've read the wheel yeah. time you know like rand yeah. is like he's getting like chased all over the place by Trollocs and bad guys. Like it's not fun for him for the first book. Um you know, with, with like the Dark Tower series, like Roland is just like trudging through like the wilderness and you know f- being practically killed by demons and whatnot.
0: Like mm-hmm. it's
2: not fun for him. Um Sword of Shannara kinda had the same thing. Like like a lot of the yeah. the series in that era had that. Like well, well right.
0: seriously, I mean for for you know a hundred years in science fiction, figuring we've been around for a little bit over a hundred years, mm-hmm. that's been kind of the, the core method, right? Is You take a character, you put him in a, in a situation that he can't possibly win. He gets the slop, she, they get the slop beaten out of him for, you know, 80% of the book before finally figuring something out. And, you yeah. know, their heroic pluck drives them into the breach and they win. Right. Yeah. Or don't.
2: <laughs> exactly so so like unfortunately i kind of internalized that and that's that's kind of yeah. into my series so i did have some a, definitely like a number of readers who were just like where how come the, they're not winning i like like i read 40 chapters and they haven't won once yet like i want some winning here where is the winning <laughs> you
0: know? seven books winning seven happens, books. but you gotta <laughs> wait for it you gotta earn it
2: yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm sorry, the, the bad guys in my series are really overpowered to the point of ridiculousness because the good guys are going to ramp up to that level and beyond it. But like, you got to wait for it.
0: So, that's a conversation for another time probably, but that, but that yeah. balance right between, between competent and OP. Um, yes.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And that's a conversation that we can definitely get into in the future because, um, uh, not not, not to segue or anything, but actually it is a segue, but we do have, and I think we spoke about this last time, but given the way that the season is going to be this year, we are actually going to focus on uh, certain elements of storytelling, kind of like how we did. In the old, the old timey, whiny, good old days of the podcast. So, so uh, definitely be on the lookout on that because we—I uh, was actually looking over the list of like some of the subject matters, and there uh, we, we uh, that uh, the whole lit RPG. Aspect is uh, definitely in the list somewhere, so we'll definitely get on that later. Yeah,
2: I'll, I'll stop talking about that and I'll just talk about how awesome things are for me because <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. my everything sucks uh, <laughs> approach. Yeah, Yay! I'm gonna go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> and I was, crazy. but yeah, my series was number one in sci-fi on the rising stars list for a good solid two weeks. There you so go. Yeah. So it did, it did get a lot of good attention.
0: So have you seen a spike in your Patreon and stuff or?
2: Oh yes. Oh wow. I would
0: love to see it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've been really happy with it. I'm, You know, at first I was like, when it started to happen, I was like, well, these are probably bots or something. But then they started commenting. And I was like, no, these are real people.
0: (laughs) A bot
1: would have better. No, that's what happened to me on Wattpad when my story got featured one time. And I like had notifications on my phone at the time and I got so worried about it. I actually went to support and I was like, Hi, um, I'm getting all these notifications about people following me. Um um I, I think I I think I I think my account just got hacked or something. Can you look into that for me? She oh, was <laughs> no. like, uh, Oh, oh um, and Raphael. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's like, no, those are those are real people. <laughs> no, they're not. People don't like exercise. me. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh, gosh, that's awesome, Abby. Good for you.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so on it goes. <laughs> on it goes. On it enjoy. goes. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And going. how about you, Mr. Parkin? You are uh, prepping up for your big uh, event happening. Uh, that's the next month,
0: right? Yeah. Uh, it's about three weeks from... Well, about four weeks from Wednesday. Okay. So, um, past Wednesday. Uh, anyway, the, um, yeah, we're gearing up for that, uh, partly as a result of that, and partly for other reasons I haven't done nearly as much uh, work on my own stuff as I should have by now. But, you know, um, this is one of the reasons why I'm not a household name yet. I let things distract me. So, oh, oh,
1: heaven we'll forbid this thing called life happened to us! Oh my God, it's the worst. No hey, excuse. Hey, you do it. Uh, no, 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 no. you, you 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 do what you
0: have to do, man. But uh, and what's but what's the name of uh, what's the name of the event again? The event is Life, the Universe, and Everything. Uh, we're in our fortieth, forty-first uh, consecutive year, and it's the forty-second uh, consecutive year, actually. Hmm. So we're actually the longest-running, uh, uh, continuously-running event in, in North America.
2: Uh, yeah, it sounds yeah. pretty awesome. I'm going to have to drop by at some point. It,
0: it has its moments. You know, we're, we're at the uh, Marriott uh, Hotel in, in Provo, Utah, and uh, we're, we're kind of a maker-con in that we focus on helping young authors, artists, and uh, uh, game developers learn the skills I need to do to get started and make their way into the marketplace. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, that's kind of our, our big deal is that we're, we're a developmental con more than a fan con, per se. All
1: mm-hmm. right.
0: That sounds awesome, dude. Good luck on that. Well, let us know how it goes, like,
1: when, once that actually gets there. Okay, and in my case, I was... Well, funny thing happened with my writing. So what had happened was... I had this really great idea for our our first story by nerds segment. And it was going to be this really fun fantasy story that was going to be... Well, it was, was going to be fun. I'm not even going to get into details about it Because, lo and behold, uh, this weekend, I realized... Oh, right. The last story that we did was... Was fantasy. So... If that was fantasy, then this one... Uh, yeah, right, that. So, uh, in in case no one has noticed, we always rotate the genres when we do our story by nerds. So, if we did a fantasy story last time, we're supposed to do uh, a sci-fi this time, so... I thought that I'd be able to like just change a couple of elements and make it sci-fi, right?
0: <laughs> uh, no, no, new year, new cycle. You can. No, do
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. that's 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 not how it works. I,
2: I mean, mean there's no fairness. You're in charge of things. We would have gone along. I
1: was about to say for a well, while. I mean, it could have worked, but uh, for just the story that I has, I like, no, it's just it, it seemed fun in the fantasy genre, but. Twisting it and switching it to sci-fi was like it it seemed a little
0: too generic to my liking. So would have been entertaining to take a fantasy start and turn it into a science fiction story. Oh (laughs) yeah, I mean, yeah, and I mean, who's to say I
1: haven't done that before? But again, it's just like the subject matter. For me, it just felt like the subject matter, like we, it it was too close to like what's been done before. I was like, "Eh, I'll just do something else. And anyway, I had a story that's been on my mind for quite some time anyway. And I wanted to do a story based on a subject matter that's always captivated me for quite some time. So, but, so yeah, it turned out great. And I still, I mean, I, I enjoyed the opening that I did, but hey, we'll get to that. And hopefully you guys enjoy it too. Um, but before we get to that segment, uh, how about we do some, oh, no, 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 no not, not that part. Actually, a quick little update on personal nerdy interests uh abby go hm. oh wow <laughs> 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 really <laughs>
2: yeah i mean let's see like, like you have been
1: really really busy on on that whole run on that whole
2: yeah run. like my my free time has been nil but um but yeah like i i did watch like a couple of the last episodes of mythic quest um, which yeah still it's a fun show, despite their terrible portrayal of artists and games, but yeah. <laughs> yeah they they continue to do that, <laughs> but oh well um, <laughs> <laughs> what's what's that Scott that
0: was on Apple TV yeah, yeah,
2: okay. yeah,
0: uh, is it the
1: third or fourth season
2: the third okay, yeah, so they ended the third season i watched the end of that um. It's a fun show, like, despite the wrong wrongful portrayal of artists. <laughs> and uh, they uh, match all
0: the details, but I enjoyed it anyway. Uh, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> uh, pretty, much, pretty
2: much, it hurts me to, to say that as an artist who worked in games, but um, yeah. And I've been listening to so, like, of, of course, like now that I am really firmly in the web serial world, I've been listening to more web serials, and there's a really famous one called Worm that. got to start i think in 2014 or something like a while ago and it's been so highly talked about in so many ways so i finally started listening to that um and it's fun i'm enjoying it a lot so yeah usually when there's like a lot of buzz about some of the stuff it turns out to be really good there you go yeah okay
1: cool cool cool
0: yeah and how about you mr parkin uh I've watched a whole lot of episodes of uh, Black Clover, which there are a whole lot of episodes to watch. So, uh, Yeah, yeah, um, man. Uh, get comfy. I'm, <laughs> I'm on episode 160 out of 170. I'm okay. Okay. End of All right. out That I look to see if there would be a season five, and there will, in a year and a half. hmm Because they're doing a movie this year, so they're completely refocused, so. Yeah. This is why I don't generally start series that don't have endings because I don't want to wait a year and a half. Are you kidding me? Come on. Yes. Anyway. yes. So there you are. It is what it is. Uh, mm-hmm. Otherwise, watched a really weird, absurdist little show called uh, Gude Tama on uh, Netflix. Um, Eight, 10, 12, 12, uh, 10 minute episodes, 12 minute episodes of which three and a half is credits, uh, about an egg. A raw egg that interacts in the world and does things.
2: What is it with, with inanimate objects? Like, that's just a thing in web serials, too. Like, like it's... Like, the top one right now on Royal Road is about a tree.
0: It's, it's really weird. I mean, I... I watched one called called Bananya that was about little mm-hmm. micro kittens born out of bananas.
2: <laughs> I've uh, heard about that. Yeah, like, it's like-
0: really fun. It's three minute episodes. It's just it's about the experience, right? It's just I'm going to bathe in cute for three minutes.
1: Oh, um, I don't know if I would like that. <laughs> Very Japanese
0: in that sense, right? And that's how this one is. It's very Japanese because it's, it's about the experience. It's about exploring a really absurd premise. I mean, you've got, you know, a whole egg society... Hard-boiled eggs, raw eggs, rotten eggs, omelets. Okay, Scott, let's, let's be mindful
1: here. Eggs is a bit of a touchy subject matter as of late, so you know, let's... let's they let's, are let's, very
0: expensive. You should enjoy them. Uh, <laughs> because they have to pay them uh, 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 residuals now for all the entertainment. Okay! <laughs> <laughs> no, wait. Uh, so, you know, If you're into that sort of thing, it is what it is, and I found it very entertaining in a really bizarre sort of way. Right. Just enough story to keep you going. At one point, um, Godotama, the, the raw egg, is actually elected prime minister. Um, it, it's really weird. <laughs> I wish Japan. the listeners could just see
1: mine and Abby's <laughs> WTS. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> considering, yeah, <laughs> considering
2: the, the success of some of this stuff, like, Definitely. I mean, my next story should be like about a cup or something. Okay. Like, you could. Yeah.
0: Make it, make it, you know, just personalize, give, give just, an inanimate object a personality. The, the everyone context, just look around the room, look
1: around your room and be like, yo, okay. Okay. So I see some, some, some old, uh, Blu-ray disc or, oh yeah. yeah hey, yo, Ab- Abby, that, that cup that you just broke from bestseller right there. Right, go.
2: exactly. Yeah. Yeah, clippers. There you
0: go. I think yeah. I just found my next short story. Oh. <laughs> so I think you just found your next epic. Okay.
1: <laughs> i mm. yes. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, okay. Keep, moving on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> try,
0: try to, uh, so there's a there's a Japanese uh, horror artist, a macabre artist named Junji Ito, uh, who has done some series on. Netflix before. He just came out with a new one called Maniac, Japanese Tales of the Macabre. I made it about four episodes in before I said life's too short and walked away. Um, Just not a fan. If you like his stuff, good on you, mate. Uh, I found it pretty mundane, ordinary, and boring, such as life. Um, Watched a Korean flick called jung E. Um, science fiction, uh, a really intriguing premise, um, where humanity has left earth because of, you know, climate change and and pollution and other things and set up 20 orbiting, uh, communities, uh, three of which decide to declare war on the other 17. So to battle, they have created AIs to pilot robots and it's about the AI taken from the brain of the last human mercenary who was famous and excellent and happens to be the mother of the project lead. Hmm. Really intriguing concept. Uh, it was a better idea than it was an execution, but it was, it's interesting because it took about, you know, in an hour and and 40 minute movie, it took about 55 minutes before they finally got around to the part of the story that was interesting. Uh But once they did, they did it very, very well. So, you know, for what it's worth, uh, visually striking a little bit odd, but you know, Mm -hmm. all all. Uh, I would recommend it okay um cool. tried to yeah and that's that's pretty much it
1: very cool so I actually uh took up a couple of your recommendations and I watched spriggan on Netflix that was so Eric and I being college buddies uh we actually watched the 98 movie that came out and we were just absolutely blown away because of the animation and i watched a documentary that was doing a comparison of the original movie or anime you know anime movie and the anime that's on the uh, netflix which is a series and it wasn't much it wasn't a comparison of like which one is better it was just a comparison of like Just what the differences and similarities were. And so I'm glad I actually watched that documentary first because had I not gone in with that knowledge, I probably wouldn't have liked the Netflix version as well because it turns out that the Netflix one is a little more lighthearted, a little less gritty still hella violent don't get me wrong i mean when when the blood starts to pour it, it still pours but but still uh just the mood and the setting and, and the main character uh it, it he's not as he, he's a little more lighthearted. he's a little more teenager-esque but the reason why is because the in the netflix series is actually more uh accurate to the manga that's based on so uh to that knowledge that the references and him showing uh the netflix showing that he's well actually involved in high school and has an interest in his high school life that wasn't depicted in the in the in the in the movie and probably because of time constraints i mean hey you only got what an hour and a half to 2 hours to tell a story and i was like well there that's probably not the biggest thing that they're concerned about but um they actually had the time to really focus on that and while the animation wasn't as good as the uh the movie let's be fair a lot
0: of <laughs>
1: stuff can't be as good as the animation in that movie because wow that's uh that's um that's like some uh akira and 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 ninja scrolls and and Ghost in the shell caliber animation but even then all things considered I was really impressed with the animation that they did so um yeah, that was. I, I
0: enjoyed it. I, I, good, good, looking at good, uh, good recommendation, Scott. The I, I other. I liking it and finding it just slightly limited in what it did, but mm-hmm. really enjoying the. Yeah. Know, it was fast paced and interesting. So why not? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. And what they
1: did was like each, uh, each episode was based off of, a uh, of, of one of the manga, uh, arcs in there. So they, uh, so, actually, uh, the, uh, Movie itself was based on one of the arcs, and you actually see that in one of the episodes. Uh, the 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 Noah's <laughs> the Noah's arc arc to to be <laughs> to be exact the arc arc right yeah right 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 yeah that one that one but yeah so um, um uh, I I definitely like that one. Uh, the other one that I looked checked out was a uh, Chainsaw Man. Oh uh, <laughs> yeah. I should there we, we when you really think about it I, there is no reason for me to like it as much but I haven't finished all but there's only two more episodes left but dude it's I oh man it I loved it I loved it so freaking much it's it was, one of
0: those things where it either appeals or it doesn't right yes there, there is yes. no in between on this. right
1: so I can't recommend that to the general audience because it's either either you do or you don't and one of our other friends like he recommended it and I was like oh well well shoot that's two for two uh Scott Scott said good things about it and then one of our other friends said something about it okay let's go ahead and check it out and man it's it's really really fun super duper violent <laughs> you weren't lying on that it's just like oh wow my my brain is getting a little numb at this point there's so much red so much red but um, I, I found it very, uh, the, not, I don't want to say delightful, but, but the parts where like, they actually kind of slow things down and focus on the characters and their relationships and bonds, it's so wholesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Despite all the blood and gore, like this, the co-worker, like the dynamic co-working relationship, it's just so genuinely wholesome, and you can't like help but root for these people and what they're doing. I'm like, wow, I really like this crew. So, going back to what we were talking about, like, well, no. bringing our characters through the trenches and making them have to go through it when they go through it and chainsaw, all man you actually feel it because it's like oh man they're we're just getting to a good spot i actually i, I was actually rooting for the, this person and and everything but but hey things go right. but yeah oh golly do they
0: If you've got that part yet.
1: Yeah, yeah, I did. (laughs) I did.
0: I was Uh, like, oh, I don't like this show anymore. Next episode. (laughs) If you get through to episode 12, it features the most satisfying revenge
1: moment. Okay, I haven't gotten there yet. I we stopped we stopped at ten. Uh, we we got 11, episode eleven, episode 11 and twelve because it was starting to get late. And I was like, I really really want to watch this, but I gotta go to bed because we ended up we end, like Eric and I. We ended up binging like the first ten episodes. Like uh, like no, this is this is it. There is no, no we're we're going full steam ahead. I
0: actually went and found the manga, and I've been reading the manga. Um, oh, have you? Oh yeah, that's right, that's right, that's right. Here's the story. Yeah. Uh, I found it just wonderful personally so yeah yeah
1: but but again like like you said i totally agree if 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 you if you love it you love it if you don't you don't so to that end if you've had a slither of interest in it i definitely say to give it a shot because you you might actually enjoy it But anyway, folks, uh, that's all we got for the personal nerdy update. So how about we move into some sci-fi and fantasy book recommendations along with updates in our culture. And after a long hiatus, we actually do have a book recommendation. Wow. It's a Christmas miracle. And Christmas is over so okay so we're gonna do one book recommendation from Aaron on out, but so the first one that we have for the year is called the cloisters by author katie hayes when Anne stilwell arrives in new york city she expects to spend her summer working as a curatorial. oh curatorial Oh, that's a word. Okay, <laughs> curatorial. Leave me alone, Abby. Curatorial associate at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Instead, she finds herself assigned to the cloisters, a Gothic museum and garden renowned for its medieval art collection and its group of enigmatic researchers studying the history of divination. Desperate to escape her painful past, Anne is happy to indulge the researchers' more outlandish theories about the history of fortune telling. But what begins as academic curiosity quickly turns into obsession when Anne discovers a hidden 15th century deck of tarot cards that might hold the key to predicting the future. When the dangerous game of power, seduction, and ambition at the cloisters turns deadly, Anne becomes locked in a race or answers as the line between the arcane and the medium and the moderns blurs a haunting and magical blend of genres the cloisters is a gripping debut that will keep you on the edge of your seat once again this is cloisters and you can find it on amazon Okay, and some other nerdy news. Uh, surprisingly, things have been a bit quiet on the latter parts of the month. Uh, of course, last uh, our last episode, we have plethora of stuff going on from, uh, video game reveals, movies, and TV shows. Uh, so uh, things have taken a bit of a breather on the latter on the latter stretch end of January. But don't worry, we got a lot of stuff on the pipeline in uh, February. But to that end, um, I did mess up myself, something for the uh Xbox folk out there. Cause I uh, actually by the time you guys get this episode, it's already out. But it literally just became available today during the uh Xbox uh I don't really know what they called it, but they had they had a developer conference panel and talking about the games that they have in their pipeline and the first parts of the year, and then this little gem kind of just stuck underneath the rug, and it's called Hi-Fi Rush. So open up the mosh pit for Hi-Fi Rush, a unique rhythm action experience where the world moves to the beat. Out today on Xbox Series S and X and PC via the Microsoft Store, Steam, and Epic Game Store. Hi-Fi Rush is also available to all game and PC Game Pass game members. So, as wannabe rockstar Ch- Chai, Chai or Chai? Hmm, sorry guy. <laughs> You'll fight back against a sinister robotics enhancement conglomerate using rhythm amplified combat where everything from the motion in the environment to the blows of combat is synced to the music. Raise your guitar high and feel the beat in this early all new title from Tango Gameworks, the team behind The Evil Within and Ghostwire Tokyo. Yes, we are surprised too. So after a diabolical corporation basically fuses a music player to Che's heart, he is quickly labeled a defect with hordes of corporate drones hellbent on recalling him. Now armed with the power to feel the beat of the world around him, it's up to Che to battle through each department of the robotic monolith to stop their evil schemes with his new, rhythmically-enhanced combat skills. And once again, this is Hi-Fi on Xbox Series S and X, and it's also available on Xbox and PC Game Pass. But whatever the case, folks, be sure to check out the SFN. Wow, the storiesfornerds.com website. <laughs> wow, is, my bad, that is not abbreviated on the URL. <laughs> it's storiesfornerds.com and also our social media outlets. So, to that end, folks, we have finally arrived to our Story by Nerds segment. And I am going to be at the helm. So this is a sci-fi short, and I am calling it The Message. Despite Dr. Aisha Adeyemo's vivid dreams about taking part in such a historical mission, her entire life finally becoming a reality... She couldn't recall any of them being composed of nightmares until the past year when the seventh Cronus mission was given the green light. Whatever happened in between now and the next under twelve hours had already assured her place in the record books for decades, if not centuries to come. And such was a comforting thought despite the risk until now. With her fate hanging on the balance, the astrophysicist found herself amid a sea of mind games. Snap out of it, she proclaimed aloud. You're about to make history. A notification chimed in her helmet's earpiece, startling her. Your BPM's going off the charts, doc, a voice warned Aisha. Are you sure you're ready for this? We can run some more... No more tests, Captain, Aisha insisted. We've been doing those for over ten years, and we'll keep getting the same confirmations regardless. It's time to put the theory to the test. Her commanding officer, uh, Captain Scott Parrison of the Cronus 7 space vessel, offered no immediate response. He was more likely going over the readings one final time on his own end from the ship's bridge, a common action he performed during the crew's frequent maintenance spacewalks. Even so, the data and simulations he and the others were being fed had indicated all systems were good to go hundreds of times prior. This was the first manned mission, however, and there was more than enough reason for everyone to have the jitters. Aisha told herself the nerves she faced were more likely than ones Neil Armstrong had during Apollo 11. The entire world watched with abated breaths as the eagle descended to the surface of the moon. But after all was said and done, history only recalled the triumph. And at least on paper, the Cronus missions were quite similar to the Apollo ones. The only difference was instead of landing on the moon and returning safely, she'd be entering a region where space-time stopped flowing, the following the standard rules of physics altogether. Captain, Aisha said over her compies, this is what we've all trained for. Let me do this. Please. Then on behalf of the Cronus 7's entire crew and the 13 billion watching back home on Earth, Luna, and Mars, Godspeed. A knowledge. Permission to proceed, granted. Engage, and we'll see you soon. Only until I fade out of sight, sir. The last part was supposed to be a joke, given they had calculated she'd still fade from red into eventual nothing from the ship's perspective. That timid tremble in her voice, however, may not have relayed the intent. Aisha checked the readings from the space module she was waiting in. It was called the Raptor, a tiny one-man vessel connected to the bottom of the Kronos 7. The Despite the similar shape to the Artemis modules from the 21st century, it was by far the most advanced piece of technology ever developed. It had the latest warp, quantum entanglement, and barrier capabilities created by the joint efforts of Earth, lunar, and Martian scientists. All readings from the Raptor were solid, despite the strong levels of Hawking radiation. Even the ships, were, even the shields, were in the green meaning they were outperforming both the Cronus 5 and 6 combined. Of course they were, she thought. I helped design the upgrades myself. As the astrophysicist told herself that everything would be fine, the bridge on the Cronus 7 confirmed their teams were in the clear. Shields, check. Comms check. Thrusters, check. Warping, check. It seemed everything the team had trained for was performing without a hitch. It was perfect, of course. Of course it was perfect. NASA and all the other space agencies back home would have never let them launch, let alone activate the warp drive, had that not been the case. Still, it would have been nice if something needed a quick adjustment. If only to guarantee that the one thing that could have gone wrong was fixed prior to their fall. You're in the clear, Dr. Adeyemo, the helmsman told her over the comm. The raptor's all yours. Bring her home without a scratch. Acknowledge, Aisha confirmed. Unlocking the hatch and preparing for my descent. Hatch is released and on my mark in three, two, one, launching. The vessel's thrusters jerked Aisha's body back into the seat but for a brief moment before shunning off a few moments later. Switching to automated systems, she said over the comms. Warp drives are green and holding. Hawking radiation readings are regular. Aisha shut her eyes and tried her best to remain calm. Given there wasn't much out there to bounce sound waves off of, she could have sworn she could hear her accelerated heartbeat trying to bust through her chest. This was it. This was the point of no return, at least metaphorically speaking, since she hadn't reached that part of the mission just yet. If anything, at least astrophysicist's, oh, excuse me, at least the astrophysicist's dry sense of humor had remained intact to the bitter end. The Chronos 7's crew had seemed to appreciate that neck about her. Then again, she figured anything remotely funny would have been a relief given the length of their long voyage. It's not every day a group of people might be responsible for making the most groundbreaking achievement in the entire history of the human race. That or be responsible for making a valued crew member and friend face what could arguably be the most agonizing end to anyone's existence imaginable. Such was why Isha was too scared to look out the raptor's window. By now, the bend of space-time must have been in view again. She and the other crew members had sat on the viewing deck for hours on end when it first came in sight upon dropping into the Cygnus X-1 solar system a standard earthquake ago. It was rather rather fitting, poetic even, that the mission all came down to this one place in the galaxy. where most would argue the journey truly began after scientists detected remarkably strong x-ray readings from what they initially thought was a star back in the 20th century. One would have thought the Chronos 7's FTL trip alone would have been the highlight for most during her voyage. Once that subtle view of light bending around the neighboring star was in sight, however, nothing else seemed to matter. It was by far the most beautiful thing Aisha had ever seen in her life. And that was saying a lot. Everyone... Even May aboard the Corona 7 still spoke about how much they longed to see their children after the fact. But something within the mother of three whispered that the sight of gravity bending a small region in space with her very eyes for the first time would never be able to compete. Part Aisha felt guilty for having such thoughts, she truly did love her family. She missed the twins' giggles whenever they unintentionally finished themselves. Finished, oh, excuse me. Un, oh, wow. I miswrote that. Whenever they unintentionally found themselves finishing each other's sentences. She missed rocking Tanya in her arms and singing lullabies. And she could have put into words how she longed to be held in her husband, Latif's arms. However, she knew she'd give it all up again just for the sake of being here. Perhaps such was why she was the one taking the dive. One had to be a bit numbed, if not crazy, to believe a loving and healthy family. Life was still not enough. Take a look, she told herself after much consideration. I've earned it. Incoming, an automated voice beckoned. Gravitational downfall gradient detected. You are approaching a singularity, event horizon breach in 21 minutes. Why did these damned voices on the automated system still have those soulless death tones? If Aisha was fated to hear one final thing, it would have been nice to had, had it been mimicked to a sense of some personality. She might as well give it a peek, if only to pass the time. What are you waiting for? She thought to herself. You've seen it already and it's even closer. Go ahead and look. Regardless of her self-assurance, Aisha kept her eyes shut all the same. Incoming. You are still approaching a detected singularity. Event horizon breach in nine minutes. Anti-specification systems charging. Nine minutes? How is that even possible? Did they calculate how comms would react this close to a space-time anomaly? Had she already crossed over? Had the shields failed and she had already gone through the spaghettification process without even realizing it? Was she already dead and the fabric of Aisha's perspective on reality simply not cut up to her yet? Or maybe, and more likely the actual case, she had gotten so lost in her own pen and thoughts that she didn't realize how long it had been since leaving the Cronus 7. Come in, Cronus 7, Aisha beckoned. Cronus 7, do you read? This is Cronus 7, Raptor, Captain Patterson answered. We read you loud and clear. Your vitals are still getting into the red, dog. Do you wish to abort? Negative, Captain, Aisha insisted. Just a little anxious is all. Your biometrics say otherwise. If you're not fit to proceed, I will take command of the module and have you return. No, sir. I'm okay. Really. Aisha slowly opened her eyes and looked out the window. Before her was what looked like the emptiness of space as far as the eye could see. It was dark. So terribly dark. And despite her still being... Oh, excuse me. And despite her still being able to speak to her captain, never had Aisha felt so alone. Even amid the darkness, however, something out there beyond her tiny window seemed to emit a light so brilliant that her vessel's shades filtered out the luminosity as to avoid blinding Aisha. Out of the corner of her eye was what appeared to be a large bluish-white ring. Days ago, it initially looked like an odd bend extending near the edge of the solar system's main star. That was when they were still a few astronomical units away. Now that shows only a few dozen miles from the source, however, Aisha could finally appreciate what the ring truly was. It was an accretion disk. The collection of gases and dust that managed to get too close to what was now known to be the first black hole ever detected. Aisha, of course, understood what she was flying towards, as she had been mesmerized by the phenomena ever since she saw an old picture of one, of, the, in, of one in the old science school books for the first time. Black holes are regions of space that have a gravitational pull so great that nothing known to man can escape it, not even the speed of light. At least, that had been the accepted truth for a good chunk of their own known history. Aisha and the other members aboard the Chronos 7 had been on a decades-long mission to prove that mankind had finally reached the means of not only entering a black hole, but safely leaving it as well. She had been the chief astrophysicist involved in proving the calculations and measurements needed to prove such a theory could indeed be turned into fact. Now all that she had to do was drop it to one, come back, or report what she had experienced in the process. Easy enough. And that is my portion of the message.
2: She's going straight to the Taurus Empire. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm, just <sorry. laughs> I'm just kidding.
0: Multiverse <laughs> <Baltimore's> break. <laughs> <laughs> it's all one and the same. <laughs> She's going to get to meet the Thermians from the Clatoo Nebula. <laughs> <laughs> hey, who knows? You're,
1: it's your next image, so the ball's in your court.
2: <laughs> Do you have any uh, any particular vibe of where you wanted the story to go?
1: <laughs> well, my particular vibe, I was I just noticed that we hadn't really done. Sp- Space exploration in general. So I was thinking more something Trekish and vibes. That's what I was thinking. But what I was thinking doesn't really matter anymore, does it? <laughs> nope. No, it does not. It's your baby now. Fair enough. Yep. Fair enough. I'm just here for the ride now. Quite
0: quite literally. <laughs> Because while well, you set up a general problem, you didn't set up a specific problem. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. So... so So I mean I explained what the original intent of the mission was. You can keep that well, or hey stuff happens.
2: Yeah, stuff does happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hmm.
0: Who's next? Abby. Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Miss Abby Lane herself. But yeah, so um but yeah, uh like I said, it's something that's been captivated that I have been captivated by for quite some time. I've been a big black hole fanatic for quite some time and I was like, "Man, I've never written a story about them before." So, um yeah, if I need to give you some notes or anything or some sources to look at, let me know because I did try to keep it as grounded and scientific, like yeah. like what's actually known.
2: Yeah, I'm not no stranger to researching black holes
0: myself. Okay, there you
2: go. Um, <laughs> but, mm.
0: um but yeah. That it is spinning at approximately eight hundred revolutions per second, so it's going to be a turbulent ride.
1: <laughs>
0: maybe, maybe. Yeah, but that I means
2: some good material science. It's a, but rotation. Yeah, it's the
1: yeah. future, right? Right, 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 right. Yeah. But I mean, hey, I mean, there's still talk. I mean, there's still theories about some black holes that we're looking at it may not even be black holes. They they could be wormholes, actually. And there's still yeah. the theory that black holes are like home, their own universes. So even though I try to keep it somewhat grounded in, in what we know, there's still room for some creative liberties, if need be.
2: Kind of reminds me of the, the end of The Expanse series. I don't know if you guys watched The Expanse. Mm-mm. Yeah, like, well, at the end of it, you know, they basically get a wormhole to other wormholes. And so, oh. yeah, and so, so it's like now humanity can expand beyond our own solar system. Yay! You know, <laughs> in, uh, <laughs> yeah. the universe yeah. is our oyster. Um,
0: <laughs> but, good for us.
2: Yeah, but but given what they already encountered, it's kind of like, uh,
0: <laughs> not uh, sure uh, that's uh, a
2: good idea. I would, certainly wouldn't go poking my head through those. But um,
1: oh, that's what happened in Interstellar as well. Like hmm. they ended up finding a wormhole by Saturn and it took them to because like well no humans being humans we mucked up our home and we couldn't stay there anymore so we had to find another solar system and actually it wasn't even another solar system I think it turned out to be another galaxy and they entered some system and only to realize that the system honed a black hole and all sorts of fun things happened around that
0: well, arguably, there's a black hole at the center of every galaxy.
1: Arguably.
0: Yes. Uh, a supermassive black
1: hole. Well, yeah, there's I was about to say, well, those are supermassive black
0: holes. I think the one there. in Interstellar was just a regular stellar yeah. black hole. Yeah. Cygnus X1, for example, is nowhere near the center of, of the Milky Way. Mm-hmm. Um, nope. It's, nope, it's nope. just a collapsed star. So.
1: Yep, it's basic. And <laughs> in standard black hole terms, I guess. Well that's
0: the thing, is there's a lot of places there's a lot of ways you can go. Of course you called it the message, which implies that uh there will be a message. Whether she receives it or whether she sends it is up to Abby to decide. Um mm-hmm.
1: Yes, you did notice that, did you? But hey, what I was thinking for the for the message could be completely something else. But hey, you got a month to figure it out. I see those, <laughs> I see those wheels turning. I
0: see it. Good, good, excellent. This this is where who goes second makes a huge difference. Because I know, right? I would have taken a very, very, very I am dark. Yeah, cut. yeah.
1: I am so excited to see what you guys do with this. I mean,
0: so, I, Scott, I, Scott,
2: where would you have taken it?
0: Huh? Me? Yeah. Um, I am not a believer that black holes form portals. I believe. (laughs) So she's going to just slam it. Once you're in there, you're in there. (laughs) Yeah. Anything capable of, of collapsing light itself is going to wreak havoc on your corporeal form. Um, Point being that because both time and space are in fact warped um, from the event horizon in that warping or compressing, or as you reference the spaghettification, the the pulling of your material form into a immensely long, possibly one or two atom wide <gasps> string. Fun times uh, is really potentially horrifying which you reference well like
1: I said either they're gonna make some group and because time by occurs history.
0: it could take a very long time for yes. that pain to stop subjectively, well, subjectively. and I okay, think it, it goes stop. back <laughs> to the size of
1: the black hole or the mass of the black hole if it's the one the if 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 it was like Sagittarius A star then yeah that sucks like well, no pun oh. intended but <laughs> But the smaller ones, it should be a little quicker,
0: from what I understand. Well, and you make reference to you know warp, and I it, warp technology is something I've actually personally very fascinated by. So, mm-hmm. um, how a warp bubble would work in conjunction with a black hole is a really interesting question, uh, because that's not how warp works. Mm-hmm. Warp would be warped by a black hole, so right. Uh, I'm not even sure how do you anti-spaghettify unless you can violate the fundamental uh, uh, laws of physics.
1: Um, Yes. I didn't want to go into that much detail because I honestly have no idea. I want you guys to figure that out. (laughs) I I give you some things to play with. Go, go play, go play. You figure it out. (laughs)
0: There's a lot of material here that can be... (laughs) Literally, it's a black hole.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but like I said, um, I'm I'm really excited to see what what you guys do with the story right from from here on out. I, I I hopefully I gave you you all like a decent setup to get the creative thoughts going with it. So wherever you guys do from here on out, I'm, 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 I'm excited. Can't wait. Can't wait to see what you guys do. Because whatever I have in mind, I imagine it's going to be completely different from what either of you guys have in mind, and that's something I always, always love. That that's why I like. That's why I always like like starting stories just because it's so such a rewarding like experience to see. Like, oh wow, that never crossed my mind. That is so. That's so cool. So no, I'm excited. Have fun.
0: Yeah. Do you have thoughts? Where you want to go with
2: it? I mean, I'm thinking about it. Like, you know, how much the universe do I want to bring into this?
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing is if is if you if you want to do the the you know time space portal concept, huge you know the Star Trek ish concept, a huge number of possibilities opens up. Yep. If you want to do the physical collapse concept, you know, to me when you say the message, I'm thinking, okay, well, because time dilates and she. Realizes that this was ultimately not a good idea. She spins out an immensely long uh, report of what's going on because it's time dilated. When it actually pops out, it sounds like a single click of static. And yeah, I was about sp- to say. And how do you even get a message out once you cross the event horizon? Because in her, in her, well, that's the thing is looking at Cygnus specifically um, because it's it's the kind that has the um, the jet perpendicular to the center to the, to the accretion disc. Mm -hmm. So material is being ejected as well as sucked in. So there is some mechanism going on there. Uh, So the idea that, that the message itself could be ejected, not unreasonable, but again, if you're going for the idea that, that because it's warped space, you cannot predict what the, mechanical Mm -hmm. uh things are going to be then everything opens up and you can do anything you want to so yep 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 so uh abby you
1: have fun with that and uh we'll see where the message takes us in another month but don't worry that doesn't mean you have to wait a whole month to see us Give us another two weeks, and we'll be right back here with uh, one of our nerdy chat episodes. But it's gonna be a little more refined this time because we are going to have a subject matter that we're all going to get around the campfire to discuss. Uh, but whatever the case, if you like our nerdy chats or our story by nerdy semits, be sure to give us a like, heart, thumbs up, stars, uh, whatever source to this podcast is, whether that is Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, you get the idea. Folks, that's going to do it for this episode of the Stories for Universe podcast. Hey, I'm Raphael and Jordan. Y'all keep thinking big, god like the level. And this is Scott and Abby signing off. Mr. Scott, what is going to be the second send-off to our listeners for the year?
0: Will Aisha know the horrible slug of horribleness or the wonderful wonder of wonderfulness as she traverses the black hole?
1: That was a lot. Oh crap! I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't realize you were (laughs) done.